traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Kelly just walked in the room. Former police commissioner. Those headphones, sir. Have a have a seat, if you don't mind. Um, this is, we've talked, you've been on this show many times, but never in person. Have a seat. There's the microphone. How are you? <laughs> I am fine, except for the traffic. It is just, actually, I heard you say this before. It's a little better today than it was yesterday. I'm not wrong, right? No, you're, you're always right. <laughs> Some of us sure you before. Um, so what brings you to, what brings you to the studio? Well, we have some business that uh, we have to talk to the boss about. but uh, It doesn't involve me. It does I, not. Phew. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I hope it doesn't. No. Uh, well, anyway, welcome to the, uh, the the situation here. Look, so what were we just talking about? Oh, the buses that went on to Staten Island and the people stood in front of the buses. You know, I've seen protests. A lot of them seem pointless. You know, we're going to stop this vehicle because we don't like climate uh, change. We're going to stop this bus because we're upset about this or that or the other thing. But this is a real thing. There are illegal migrants on that bus, and they're bringing them to a uh, facility in a residential neighborhood where they don't belong. I kind of think that that is okay. Um, I guess you can't say that's okay. I certainly think it's okay. It's an outrage how this whole situation has developed. You know, we have over whatever it is, a hundred thousand now in this in the city, with no end in sight, no plan of any sort. I mean, it's incredible, incredible that New York City has allowed this city, this situation, to fester. It didn't have to happen. I mean, look, Biden is um, and the Democrats and the left. They want all these uh, illegal people here. They think ultimately they'll be able to represent how they vote. Um, how could New York City have uh, prevented all of this? They did not have to come here. I think Adams antagonized Texas deliberately and talked about us being a sanctuary city and all that stuff. Look, eventually, I think it has to get to court in some way, shape, or form. This whole notion of New York City guaranteeing a, a bed for anyone who shows up here is ludicrous in this situation. You should stop that policy, and they should go to court. And you tell me what judge is going to say that that program should last ad infinitum without any uh, ending in, in sight? It's it's incredible. You got to get this, I think, somehow into into court. Uh, but it doesn't look like the the city is willing to take that stand. And we had a lot of problems in this city before the migrants showed up. Uh, the lawlessness, and I don't know if you've noticed it. We haven't talked about this, actually, but marijuana smoke, the smell, the aroma of marijuana. You know, you used to smell it maybe on a Friday night and be like, ooh, who's got that? But now it's on a Tuesday morning. On Wednesday, it's everywhere, everywhere. I just I just smelled it right downstairs here on the street. Uh, so, yeah, it is, uh, it is ubiquitous, as they used to say. Now, all right. You can't lock up everybody for having a joint, I guess, right? No, well, it's not against the law. It's not against the law. Yeah, it's in the city fathers and the wisdom and in other states as well have made it basically legal. 
that have uh, that have bought. What do you think that could lead to? What does it lead to? Well, first of all, we know that the marijuana in circulation these days is much stronger than it was, uh, let's say, ten years ago. So, and we don't know the ramifications of this long term use of uh, marijuana. Paranoia is certainly one something that that people. Uh, talk about. We don't know what are the physical uh, impact it it will have. Uh, so it's it's just, and it's the number one complaint that people have through the three one one system. Yeah, that's what they complain about: people smoking marijuana on the streets, smoking it in, in their hallways and their, uh, on the street corners. So it's 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 something that the public, in, in general, I think, has uh, a mixed a mixed mind about. That it's not it's something that uh, is, is easily accepted by the majority of people. I try to avoid the subway, uh, but when I do take it, uh, some if it's raining or something like that, you know, I don't. I, I tell people if you can afford it, don't take the subway. I see um, <laughs> every time any like I don't know maybe a third of the people going through the turnstile are not going through the turnstile. They're just jumping. It. <clears throat> They're just jumping it, not paying the fare. That. I think is illegal, but I guess it's kind of de facto not illegal anymore. Well, I think you can get a summons for it. I think the reality is that people don't pay any attention to summonses. They're not uh, seen as a deterrent. Uh, When the police department was uh, making arrests for fair evasion, uh, it also produced a lot of information about people committing other crimes yeah. or had committed other crimes. I had warrants uh, on them. And now that is uh, kind of catch this, catch can. Mm. Uh, right. So it's, it's uh, you know, it just is a problem as far as <laughs> the MTA is concerned. They're saying it costs them $600 million a year. Of the people not paying the fare. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYC. All right, that's all depressing. Let's talk about something good. Uh, you went, Annalise. From, Annalise, my daughter, Annalise. Yeah, she's three. She loves you, and uh, I picked her up. I dropped her off and picked her up from uh, school today, uh, the, the morning session. So, you went from being, uh, you know, a cop, one of uh, how many people were in your police academy class? Uh, my police academy class was about 1,800. 1,800. One of 1,800. Oh, by the way, you graduated number one from that class. We got the picture on the wall. You got the big trophy from the police commissioner. You go from uh, police cadet to commissioner. And um, let me just ask you this. Is there a secret to your success? Like, you know, you went from the, the very the very bottom, if you will. Not that it's the bottom, not in a negative sense, but, you know, regular cop to com- commissioner. How did you do it? Well, anybody who says that luck does not play a major role in his success is just, is just lying to them to themselves. I was fortunate to be at the right time, the right place. 
I also went to law school when I was in the, in the police department, when I was a uh, police officer and a sergeant. And uh, the fact that I was a lawyer at a time when there weren't that many lawyers in the police department, there were some, but not nearly as many as there are now, I think that was uh, helpful. Um, I had uh, I also went to graduate law school. That helped me, you know, sort of raise your profile. So I uh, I like to think I worked hard. Obviously, that that played a role in the, in any success that that people have. But uh, I, I just feel very very fortunate to have had the, the career that I had. The police department is still a great institution. It's a nurturing organization. You know, I always say I was in the federal government too. You'd see a retirement for someone in the federal government who had been there for 30 years, and you'd see maybe 25 people at the retirement party. NYPD, you'll have a, a sergeant retire. We have 250, 300 people <laughs> at at the event. It is uh, it, there's a great bonding that takes place when you're part of the organization, <clears throat> and it was very good to me. Well, back to the hard work part. There's something you said, and I don't know if you're not, you're probably not the first one to say it, but something about the extra mile, going the extra mile. What's, what's, what's that, what's that about the extra mile? Oh, that's, uh, I think it was Wayne Dyer who said that it's never, it's never crowded on the extra mile. You know, you gotta put it, that extra effort in and it, it, it pays off. So, uh, I, I believe in that. All and right. It worked for me. Yeah, yeah, no, I can attest you were a very hard worker. I saw it firsthand. I saw it firsthand. Um, all right. Now, how are you going to get home? <laughs> Wait, it doesn't look that bad. So, uh, is this, let me ask you finally, this UN stuff, all these vehicles, I saw the presidential motorcade. It had to be, it had to be a thousand vehicles long. I mean, it was just, I don't know if they need, do they need all this stuff? These trucks? I think no. they, they don't. No, they don't. They, they don't. don't. They don't. And I tried to, I was the undersecretary of enforcement in the Treasury Department and Secret Service reported to me. Uh, I tried to cut it down because there was 25 cars with the president, this is President Clinton, moving from the White House to the Capitol and back. And then they, then they would stop. They blocked the traffic like 20 minutes before the entourage moved. So I, I tried to uh, cut it back, but I, I couldn't do it. Secret Service had uh, uh, too much clout in those days, and I assume it still does. Uh, but no, they're not all needed. The doctor has a car. The photographer has a car. Uh, you know, all sorts of security people, uh, response teams are in, in the cars. Now, some of it is needed, yes. Some of it, you want to get that information out there to act as a deterrent. But no, you, got- don't, you don't need 25 cars. You said you saw 40 cars. And then also what you have here is you have the heads of state from other countries who come here with their own security detail. Some of them are armed. Uh, you know, it, it takes an awful lot of coordination and uh, a lot of effort to <laughs> to get this week uh, underway, you know, and to, to get it. Uh, it's basically one full week. It goes, it goes longer than that, but it, the principles are not here. But it, it, it's very, very complex. I could have sworn I saw a cement truck in the motorcade. I yeah. mean, they're just uh, these outlandish vehicles. Well, I think you might be talking about a sanitation truck that has sand in it uh, that they block off streets with, and they block it off down by the U.N. 
uh, unless you talk about something. No, else. there was something. It was a big uh, the contraption they had on the back, which looked like a cement uh, thing, a drum that's going round and round and round. Well, listen, um, pleasure to have you. Thank you. Nice, uh, thanks for having me. Just stopping by. Okay, Ray Kelly, In the neighborhood. Ray Kelly, everybody. My father. Thank you very much.